0: This podcast is presented by Pacific Office Automation, proud
1: partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and your one-stop shop for optimizing all your office technology. Visit PacificOffice.com. Problem solved. J.J. Watt in the backfield. J.J. Watt, baby. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Welcome to Cardinals Underground, presented by Pacific Office Automation As we've established over the years, and I do mean established, hashtag it can always get worse. Yours truly is a living epitome of that virtually every day. Paul (laughs) Calvisi over here, Paul A. Podcast, Darren Urban scoffing and or acknowledging Danny Sarek over there. We may or may not have told on this particular platform the scorpion in the car story but because it can always get worse. What is worse than a scorpion in the car when you open the door and it's right there on the dash and it's trying to escape into the vent and you slam it with your with your shoe and then all of a sudden it flips onto the floor and it's it's gone. It's gone. It's it's not under the floor mats. You don't know where it is. Do you want to drive the car? Do you not drive the car? What do you do at that moment? But you know what is worse than a scorpion in the car is a scorpion in your pants. <laughs> I mean, there's ants in the pants. <laughs> And then there's a scorpion in your pants. That was a great album, by the way, Scorpion in Your Pants. (laughs) They were playing the scorpions at the gym the other day. I'm like, are you kidding me? I haven't heard a scorpion song in like 30 years. What is going on? And they're playing this at the gym, and I'm supposed to actually...
3: You, anyway. don't wear, you don't wear Snarky's headphones at the in. gym?
1: I should. You know why I don't, though, is because I've worn headphones most of my life, and I try and save my ears at the That's gym. That's a good That's point.
3: That's like psychopath yeah. behavior, Paul. Yeah, I know.
1: And then the teenager, the 15-year-old punk, says, I have no right to complain about the music selection over the PA at the gym because I'm not wearing headphones. I agree. So there you, But I <laughs> whine about it anyway. Every single workout, if you're there for about an hour, you'll get one ACDC song, by the way, at the Mountainside Fitness that I go to. You'll get at least one ACDC song, and it's the only song that's worthwhile, by the way, during the hour playlist. But why Why am I diverging from the real topic here? Speaking of ACDC, I'm not sure there is a bigger fan than our Jim Omohundro, fine producer of Cardinals Underground, and no bigger victim than a scorpion in the pants than Jim Omohundro earlier today. Thankfully, he's still with us. Uh, He's numb. He's He's, not dead. He's tingly. He's still with us. He's still with us. You don't know. I mean, for those who aren't familiar, we have a global audience here. They're like, wait a minute. took a turn. Is a scorpion sting fatal? No. Thankfully, it is not. At least most of the time.
2: I've lived here for over 30 years, and I managed to avoid seeing a single snake or getting stung by a scorpion. And uh, today, I met the scorpion. Luckily, it was below the knee. Uh, if the if it decided to enter the other part of the pants, oh uh, I do not want to yeah. think
1: what that would feel like. Yeah. I mean, there's again, there's ants in the pants and then there's scorpion in so the pants. So you,
0: you've had one in your car. Have you been stung by one, Paul? I have
1: not been stung by one. The wife has been stung by one in our house. It was yeah. hanging off her Achilles tendon. Uh, somehow it became my fault. I don't know how that happened, but uh, happened. she survived, thankfully. And, uh, you know, hey... You've never seen a rattlesnake, Ohms? You've been here 30 years? You've never seen a rattlesnake? Because Hollywood Brown just found a rattlesnake in his garage, and he's been here all of about two days.
2: I don't live in the high-rent district like you. Yeah, I was like going to say, yeah. If you back yeah, up to, uh, if your neighbor is a mountain oh. preserve, you're oh. more oh. likely to see okay. one. Oh. I, I have a, a
1: neighbor behind me.
0: I Who's think there? I've told this story before, but I've definitely been stung by a scorpion just the just one time, and that was not good.
1: As a kid? As an adult?
0: Oh, no. It was as an adult. I'll I'll do the abbreviated version. It was, it was late one night. My... Children were um, both really young. My youngest was a baby still. Heard him crying upstairs. Uh, My wife had long gone to bed. It was close to midnight. It was Arena Bowl Eve, actually, Paul, in the days that I covered the Rattlers. And they had the Arena Bowl the next day, a home Arena Bowl. And I went upstairs to bring him down, calm him down, give him some medicine. He had a fever. Okay. We get down on the floor of the family room. We, it's all dark except for the TV, and I get down on the floor to lay with him, trying to get him back to sleep. I roll over, and I feel this. Oh, boy. I feel something on the back of my uh, back of my thigh, and I think it's like like a Hot Wheels car that my other son had left out and everything, and I get up, and all of a sudden I see this scorpion, and I freaked out. I'm screaming bloody murder. I'm yelling. I'm, like, grabbing my son. I'm jumping up on the couch, grabbing my son from his arm it's lucky it stayed in the socket getting him up on the couch so the scorpion doesn't get him I'm screaming for my wife to come down I don't want to lose sight of the scorpion because as you mentioned it is so easy that for those guys to oh yeah Start hiding, and then you yep. just start freaking yeah. out. He gone, and then
1: all of a don't, sudden it's Don't not move, there. Danny.
0: We we want you to stay in Arizona.
2: I shook out my pants, and I killed it seven times. <laughs> I killed it <laughs> with a shoe I. seven different times.
1: I do vividly remember, though, before our firstborn, the baby crib, lifting it up and yep. putting it into glass, glass jars. Glass jars. We had glass, glass jars, jars, too. Because
0: scorpions can't crawl on glass, so you don't want it crawling up the crib.
3: So Wait, you, they can't? Oh, because it's too slippery for them? I
0: guess. But the the thing about scorpions is is like you they can get through closed windows because they're like they what? they can get so flat and that's the other problem with with hitting them with a shoe is because a lot of times if you hit them with a shoe you've got to really come all the way down because if you don't they can get so thin that you're not affecting them when you're hitting with a shoe that's oftentimes so They're when, like
3: shapeshifters?
0: They're not shapeshifters but they're yeah
3: Oh my, you guys have unlocked so many new fears inside of me. <laughs> I can't leave my car windows cracked. I can't lay my pants out the night before.
0: Wait, why would you leave your, lay your pants out?
3: That's on? what Omo, he had laid his pants out the night before. Okay, well, they, that's Omo.
2: They were on a, uh, I had done laundry, and instead of putting them up in the closet, I saw I'm going to wear them, so I just threw them over a, a chair, and the, okay, the leg fair. was kind of near the floor, I guess. Well, no, it doesn't take yeah. the
0: floor. I've seen another yeah. bad part. My wife and I were getting ready for bed one night up in the bathroom. Second floor, I go into the mirror. I start brushing my teeth. I'm looking at I look up to look at my face in the mirror and on the wall behind me, I see a relatively big one just sitting on the wall. In my bad. That was I didn't get to sleep right away that night. That's
3: bad news for me, because this morning I told Paul and Omo that I'm not concerned. I don't live on the first floor of my apartment complex.
1: Oh, yeah, that doesn't matter. That that does not matter whatsoever. So head on a swivel, Danny. Just like football, head on a swivel. You never know what's going to you're going to encounter here. Okay, so that's the way. In fact, it's another reason why I told Wolf that HBO Hard Knocks, they've really done messed up, that if they were smart, they would have shown up for the first half of this season instead of the second half of this season because there are infinitely more storylines with more compelling questions. On the first half of this season, the way everything's tracking into training camp than there ever will be for the second half of the season. It's like the first half is telling the second half, hold my beer at this point, with all these questions we have going into camp.
0: This is true, but I, uh, that was a sharp turn from Scorpions. to How did, how did you think... A that with wolf or do you just want to get guess, into football? Uh,
1: big no big Red rage. i just oh, I, I brought that up to Wolf. oh god it's it, it, just another it. there's more drama just yeah. you know this whole off season going into training camp is dripping with drama I including mean, scorpions
3: i feel like we're and still, rattlesnakes we're still poised for plenty of drama in the second half kyler murray is still looking for a new contract cardinals might not have starting center rodney hudson
0: oh no he meant the second half of the season
3: Oh, I you were just talking about the offseason.
1: No, 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 no. no. I'm talking about the second half of the season, one which one our hard knocks. the NFL film folks are going to document. I was like, please document. tell me we're
0: not going to be talking about Kyler Murray's contract midway through the season.
3: That's the fun of it, Darren. Head <laughs> on a swivel.
0: <laughs> that is head on a swivel.
1: All right, so since we last uh, recapped the mandatory minicamp, the Cardinals have signed a couple of guys on the line that is dotted, including a cornerback by the name of Josh Jackson, Former second-round pick by the Packers 2018. First-team All-American at Iowa in 2017. So um, what does that mean? What sort of expectations do you attach to Josh Jackson? And then they also ended up signing on a tryout basis based on mandatory minicamp Ben Neiman, who spent the last four years as an inside linebacker with the Chiefs. What do you make of that, Darren?
0: Well, I mean, I think the Josh Jackson thing was almost necessary after the Jeff Gladney accident and death. I mean... You you like to say you can get a former second-round pick in here uh, if you had to get somebody, but um, he only played in two games last year. He started as a rookie with Green Bay, um, but by the end of that season, apparently had fallen out of favor, did not start in the playoffs, and kind of went downhill from, for him there, and then he got traded to the Giants, I believe, and only was on their practice squad before he ended up going to the Chiefs uh, last year. So, I mean... Can he help? Maybe. Uh, But it's going to be very interesting. I I still think they sign another veteran, whether it's Robert Alford or somebody. Um, But right now, it feels very Byron Murphy, Marco Wilson, and then a lot of question marks.
1: Yeah, the good news is Josh Jackson is 26. The bad news, he started five games over the last three years. And a you believe some of the scatter reports and the analysts, um, once again, the good news is he has size and he has good ball skills. The bad news is he really excels more in a zone-heavy scheme, doesn't doesn't necessarily change direction real well. So what does that mean for Vance Joseph? Now, look, Vance Joseph has used some zone coverages a lot more than most people would probably figure and depending on what sort of skill he has at corner going into the season, maybe that's more the choice that they're going to opt for. I don't know, but right now they need numbers they need depth at corner and I'm guessing that was the most viable and best option that's out there at this point.
3: That's what it kind of sounds like is what both of you have touched on the Cardinals needed somebody at that spot and they got somebody I won't don't want to necessarily necessarily say this is numbers for training camp. they probably see, Josh Jackson more is that depth piece. I don't think they see him as the way they had envisioned Jeff Gladney playing a role. So I do agree. I think there's still a move that needs to be made. Robert Alford seems to be like a smart choice. Maybe they're just waiting for the right timing, closer to training camp, something along those lines. But it is, you know, I don't know if I'd say worrisome, but I don't know how strongly the depth that cornerback is at the moment.
1: I mean, it's it's on the radar. And look, you're saying to yourself, okay, best case scenario, Josh Jackson ends up like a Rasul Douglas, a guy who has the skill set, kind of fell out of favor, was released by a couple of teams, and all of a sudden rediscovered his game. So maybe you go down swinging on a Josh Jackson, you see if you hit it, you know, you get there and he can get into the rotation, maybe he's a good fit for your defense, and... Maybe he's staring the end of his NFL career right down the barrel, and and it's a sobering wake-up call, perhaps, to some degree. Now, the segue here, Darren, I know you're a fan of the segues. The segue would be, what is any cornerback's best friend, and that is a pass rush. So that's my lead-in into Marcus Golden, because if you go to azcardinals.com right now, it's hard not to notice that Darren Urban got an exclusive with Marcus Golden. I don't remember Marcus Golden really talking with the rest he of the didn't. media.
0: He didn't. I I went and tracked Marcus down. In fact, at one point, I think Marcus was kind of asking me. He's like, "When were you going to come talk to me?" So I'm like, <laughs> "I went and talked to him." So
1: jeez, he's never said that to the rest of us. Okay. Oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> no, I mean it was. I it was. It's always good to talk to Marcus. I mean. I wanted to ask him a little bit. You know, he wasn't around for voluntary stuff, so it was only the mini camp that he was here for. And yeah, what's
1: up with that? Did you did you pin him down on that?
0: Um, I would say generally, I pinned him down on that. I mean, he basically said he want. You know, he's got a couple of kids. Um, they're getting older. I think he's now to the point where he wants to make sure he's spending time with them, and that was a good time to do it. And he's been working out and, you know, he just, he wanted to be around there and there was some other family stuff he had going on that he wanted to make sure he was a part of. So, um, you know, I was curious about the contract. I asked him about his contract situation and he's not unaware that he's going into it. And in fact, if he doesn't get an extension uh, during the season or before the season, this will be the fourth time in his nine NFL seasons that he's going to be playing out a contract. So he's been through this before.
1: Is he age thirty right now? Close, I would think so. I don't 29? know
0: off the top okay. of my head, but um, you know, he basically said about the contract. Look, I I work really hard here, and I I put my I, I work my butt off for the organization. I'm just hoping I, I want them to know I have their back. He hopes they have my back. So we'll take it for what it is. I mean, he's he's very positive. It's not like he's not showing up anywhere. Mm-hmm. He just. Obviously, he's going to think about his future. But the thing I really liked about talking to Marcus was him saying that, um, you know, because I asked him about being the number one
1: pass rusher. And, and some of these comments were picked up by NFL.com, by the way. I saw that.
0: I did not know that. I will say this. It was funny because I, I know Marcus really well. I consider him. We're, we're friendly. I don't know if we're friends, but we're friendly. And I don't think he would ever take any offense to anything. But I said, "So what's it, you know what's it like now being number one now that Chandler's gone?" And he kind of was like, "He goes, with all due you know all due respect, I, I'm always number one. I always see myself as number one."
1: In fact, here's the quote. I, I cut and pasted it right here. Even when Chandler was here, I'm the number one guy to me. That's why I'm able able to perform at a high level no matter who I'm playing with. I respect him I learned a lot from Chandler I can seriously say he helped me become the player I am today but whether I am playing with Chandler or anyone else, says Marcus golden I feel like I'm a number one pass rusher. you got to have that mindset. So he describes it as a mindset yeah so and you know what uh, if I'm Steve Kahn and I'm Cliff Kingsbury, you're like, yeah I, I hope. He has that sort of mindset because right now he is our number one guy.
3: That's what you like to hear. Remember, Marcus led the team in sacks last year That's with true. 11, which was the third time in his career he had double digit sacks in a season. Hmm. He's 31, by the way. 31. And okay. he went to Mizzou, by the way. Yeah, he did <laughs> okay.
1: <go to> <laughs> All right, we got that worked in. Okay. Uh, you know.
0: <laughs> Danny was okay. sitting on
1: that ready. Yeah. And he's sure from was. the loop.
3: <laughs> there you go, Ohms.
1: So um, he wants an extension. He's not the only one, I would guess. You have a D.J. Humphreys, you have a Byron Murphy Jr., you have Jalen Thompson. By the way, Murph and Jalen Thompson and Eno Benjamin, I would say, and Hollywood Brown, to some. well, actually, Rondale Moore. I would say those four guys probably got the most shout-outs from coaches in the offseason. You're both nodding in agreement on that one. But but do any of those contract extensions come potentially before the quarterback? Or do they actually try and get those done first and then – factor in the quarterback is it the chicken or the egg here
3: I think to me of those the only one that I would say would come before Kyler Murray would probably be DJ Humphreys is kind of what sticks out in my mind because especially if Ronnie Hudson doesn't show up then you have no starting offensive lineman under contract starting next year
0: well for me you know I kind of I'm thinking about in terms of I think they're almost if you're if you're talking about other extensions and Kyler Murray, I feel like there's somewhat parallel tracks there, just from the concept. Of, I don't know if one has to come before the other ones. Now I will say, again, when you start talking about some of these guys and the signing bonuses, you would think that are going to be connected with Kyler Murray or Byron Murphy or e. Jalen Thompson or DJ Humphreys. I mean, somebody's got to ask Michael Bidwell to hoist over a large amount of cash right out of the box. So, I mean, I
1: mean DJ Umbry's already making $15 million a year. So, and he's still in his prime. Yeah. What does a left tackle contract in today's dollars look like?
0: It's going to be interesting. Uh, you, there might, next year might, you might need to have the franchise tag come into play, but of course you could only use that with one person. Do you strategically look around and say, okay, which guy would that make sense for the most? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I don't I don't know what Byron Murphy's worth on the open market right now. You know, he hasn't made a pro bowl, but he's played solid football. Jalen Thompson, they believe he's up and coming, but you know, I think a lot of people still don't know who he is. So where where does that fit?
1: And I'll tell you what, Buda Baker not too long ago was the highest paid safety in the league. Now he's top five. Yeah. So <laughs> The dollars at the safety position have really escalated. What does that mean for Jalen Thompson? To your point, you know, I mean, so, you
0: can't you can't pay
1: Jalen Thompson more than Buddha, can you? No, I I don't think so. Unless inflation to this to the point and you know at that position.
3: Didn't we learn this off season that anything is possible? Yeah. Players well, can get a lot more than what you would expect. Yes,
0: I'm not I'm not denying that. But I guess my point is, is on the same on the team. team. Like, I mean, sense. you can't. You can't disrupt. That's one of those things that can disrupt the locker right, room.
3: Right, right. And frankly. I will say, too, Paul, is when, you know, you say Buda Baker was the highest paid safety and five years later, that that's every position. I feel like that's what we've been saying mm-hmm. when talking about Kyler Murray and the quarterback is when I was in Dallas with the Cowboys, that was Dak Prescott at the time. And, you know, it, it, things change so quickly. It's You just have to keep up with it. Yeah.
1: So I was encouraged, we did the Red Sea report earlier, and Danny, sort of recap what Kyle Vandenbosch was saying about the pass rush in general, because we tried to sort of pepper him down. Mr. Three-time Pro Bowler is an edge rusher. Okay, you know, what the Cardinals have right now, is it viable? Is it feasible in terms of the numbers and names at edge rusher? Can you truly go with some sort of rotation? I asked him at one point, you know, "How risky is it if you're Vance Joseph always being feeling like you're gonna have to dial up a pass rush? Doesn't that leave your defense vulnerable?" And and he kind of shook off a lot of those questions. And and he seems pretty dang comfortable with what the Cardinals have right here, right now, on this depth chart. If this is the way they go into the season.
3: Yeah, that's what he was saying. Is you know what he's seen from Marcus Golden, Devon Kennard, Dennis Gardeck when he has been out on the field. He feels confident enough. Obviously this defense is not going to be the same without Chandler Jones. However, with the rotation that this defense can still be a force to be reckoned with. And obviously we haven't seen rookies, Cameron Thomas or my Sanders do anything of, you know, true value to, to really see with our eyes from media availability we have had on the field so far this offseason, but from what we have at least heard, or, you know, the glimpses that we've seen is that they seem to be trending upwards. And so you obviously you know, your your expectations yeah. early on are for a rookie are can only be so high. But yeah, Kyle Vandenbosch felt hopeful in this defense and it's not, you know, all hope is lost because you've lost Chandler Jones.
1: I think there was a uh it's a website. Have you guys heard of the website? 33rd Team? Yes. Okay. It, it's sort, It's a football, I don't know if it's analytics or maybe like more a scouts perspective. It's,
0: it's a combination of everything. I think it was yep. helped created by people that used to work in the NFL and writers.
1: So. so they they rated every team's edge rusher group, or at least their tandem, their top tandem of edge rushers. And there were tiers, and the Cardinals were in the second to last tier. There's one through seven. They were in tier six. And then Tier 7, they're only like two teams below the Cardinals, maybe the Falcons and, and the Seahawks. Falcons, I'm sorry, the last-place Seahawks. The Falcons and the last-place <laughs> Seahawks, they were below the Cardinals. Okay, I get it. You lose Chandler Jones. You don't have a premier pass rusher in name or necessarily production. The one area, though, that I think they do have, that they might lead the league in, is when it comes to motors. In, if you're talking about Marcus Golden or Dennis Gardeck, and at least the reputation of a Cameron Thomas, a Majay Sanders, you know, these are guys who are just non-stop, right? They they have as Marcus Golden loves to yell on the sideline, let's hunt, you know, and they just go out. And and Cal himself mentioned that, you know what? I might have had some talent. He's humble about his career. He said, But what I did have was that insatiable desire to get to the quarterback. And I actually forged a 12-year career yeah. just on having a motor. So you try and, at least I do, I try and tell myself, okay, you know what? Well, they may not have in premier pass rush ability or measurables. Maybe they're going to make up in desire and motor. And I am curious to see how long, how far that'll go this season.
3: I think too, something important to remember is not every team in the NFL has a Chandler Jones in their pass rush and teams find a way to get it done. Obviously that is a huge help to have somebody like Chandler Jones, not only what he brings, but you know, attracting attention from the from the offense and allowing their other players to do their business. But my point is, there are plenty of teams who do not have the equivalent of a Chandler Jones in their pass rush, and they still find a way to get it done.
1: It's interesting, I heard Lorenzo Alexander in 98.7 FM Arizona Sports here talking about that same article, okay? Lorenzo Alexander, former Arizona Cardinal, 15 years in the league, played the outside linebacker position uh, to a Pro Bowl year included in his career, and he said he took one look at the list. He's like, nope, because... Aaron Donald and fill-in-the-blank weren't listed number one. In his opinion, Aaron Donald and whoever is opposite Leonard, Aaron Donald, well in this case, Leonard Floyd, who's a pretty dang talented player, I think we would all agree and we all know from experience, should have been ranked number one. Just because, according to Lorenzo Alexander, that disruptive defensive tackle is more effective and more of a game record than an edge rusher, if you get that guy. So, that being the case, I immediately thought of, well... What if, knock on wood, the Cardinals get a full season out of ninety-nine? What if JJ Watt is that guy? Huh. Sorry, this just year?
0: for a brief moment, I'm like, wait, the Cardinals got Aaron Donald? <laughs>
1: no, I see No, th- I should have said their own ninety-nine. I'm <laughs> sorry, their own ninety-nine, <laughs> got it. And yes. so, what if JJ Watt is to that Cardinals defensive front? You know that they so sorely need. I, now, nobody's Aaron Donald. I'm not saying that, but. What if he can be that guy? How far could that go, Darren? If J, Jay... because we know what. Guess what? The Cardinals' record when they had J.J. Watt was seven and zero, and those last four games by J.J. Watt, he really showed up in the box score. Yeah. He was really productive.
0: I think that's I think that's a great point, and I do think it it matters. I think it matters tremendously. And and again, and we've brought this up before. The other thing I think that matters is Vance Joseph because he's been through this before, and he's he's. Went ahead, and uh, when Chandler Jones got hurt in 2020 and most of the season, he had to figure out what the heck was going on in terms of how he was going to get the pass rush. Now, they had Hassan Redick, and, but at the time, nobody's thinking, oh, you got Hassan Redick, everything's good. You certainly didn't know what Dennis Gardick was going to bring to the table, and, no. he, and he really gave you a lot. So I do think that the ability is there for some of this to, to happen. Um, but again, we're not going to know... Until we get to the season. It's funny bring up Sanders and Thomas and it's like I was I happen to be talking to uh uh Marquise Hayes, the the seventh round guard. Oh yeah. Talk- Out of Oklahoma. Yeah, I was talking to him for a story and I was talking to him about, you know, where he kinda is mentally right now. And he was like, I'm I'm happy right now, but I, I want to get to training camp. I'm really anxious to get to training camp because we have put no pads on. We don't know all we do is walkthroughs. He goes, we don't know what the speed of this game is really about. And that's the thing about all these rookies is you can ask about oh who stood out and everything. They're not playing full speed. They're certainly not hitting. And they're not really playing full football speed either. And and so those guys, the the rookies, they don't know yet what what's gonna happen. And the coaches don't know yet what's gonna happen in terms of when you put these guys out there, what it might mean.
1: Yeah. Laseda well, Smith sat right there in that same seat. The other day three offensive guard taken in the draft, he said, you know what? Yeah, I feel like I've had a pretty good offseason rookie minicamp, OTAs, mandatory minicamp. But let's face it, we haven't put the pads on yet. Nobody knows. I don't know because I asked him about the possibility what happens. He easily could be going against a J.J. Watt in a one-on-one O-line, D-line drill. And he said, yeah, that, that'll be a welcome to the NFL moment. There, there's, there's no doubt about it. And look for everything that we say about the offense and how things just went downhill the end of last season let's not forget that the cardinals scoring defense went from allowing 18.4 points per game fourth fewest in the nfl from weeks one through 11 to from weeks 12 through 18 they allowed over 27 points per game which was 28th in the league so think about that that first half of the season Or more, two-thirds of the season when the Cardinals started 10-2, and the defense was a top-five scoring defense. And then over the last part of the season, when they lost five of the last six, they were a bottom-five scoring defense, to sum that up. So, you know, for everything that we put on the offense, let's not forget it was both sides of the ball where they really have to take a look at themselves. And and it starts with training camp, and it starts with, okay, how are you going to generate the pass rush? How are you going to get to the quarterback? And then what are they going to do at corner? And, and there's no doubt and after that Danny then uh and by the way with Kyle Vandenbosch sitting right there we told him he's right now right here the key between now and camp because he's got to talk to his good friend Ndamukong Sue, who he spent his first three years with in Tennessee and he's got to he's got to talk to Ndamukong Sue about maybe coming to the Cardinals what about that as a kind time, time sign
3: Paul has found his new pet cat to bring to the Cardinals <laughs> Pet
1: cat. <laughs> okay I'll go with it you know it's uh uh, was Kyle feeling
0: optimistic that that could happen?
1: Uh, no, he hadn't considered it whatsoever. So uh, I told <laughs> him is just him,
3: another one of Paul's.
1: He's going to be on the Red Sea Report next week. So if uh, Paulie Pencilnet can task Big Kyle Vanabosch with a homework assignment, then I told him to get on it. That's what I told him. In addition to coaching his five kids at home to go ahead and get on that homework assignment, because if you haven't, if you hadn't noticed on Twitter, in fact, earlier today, Chandler Jones has been openly recruiting and Dominic and Sue to come to the Raiders. Come on! If you're going to come to the desert, do it right and come to the AZ. Are you kidding me? Go you should the you Raiders. should
3: be tweeting at him. That's a really good recruitment That's line. That's right.
1: Why not? You know. So, uh, do you think it, a will there be a time time sign before training camp, Darren? And B, how many? Uh, and how many can they look? They have 10 million plus under the cap right now. Can't they afford one or two time time signs? Because I think most people look at this depth chart and they go, "Man, corner." Edge rusher, center. Uh, do they need interior O line help at this point?
0: I mean, I I'm totally expecting some signings, but again, I don't know if it's going to be anytime soon. I mean, we're going on hiatus slash vacation, and obviously, already are the uh, the the decision makers are too. So I don't know if anything happens, you know, right away. But uh, I do expect something to happen in those. I don't know, that week before things really get going in training camp, you know, somewhere in the, you know, J- July 22nd, 23rd
1: range type yeah. of thing. You did get hit in the mailbag with Ronnie Hudson questions, did you not? Yes. yes.
0: And, and people will continue to ask that until it yeah. gets resolved. Yeah. And I, you know, we just don't.
1: Yeah. Well, D- Danny asked me on the Red Sea Report, you know, are you concerned? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I am. Anytime you go from a proven entity to an unproven entity, yeah, especially at a critical position like center. I think we all learned the value of the position itself last year. In fact, Steve Kimes said during his pre-draft meeting with the media, he said, you know, once upon a time, I was always of the opinion that a first-round pick should be spent almost exclusively on a quarterback, a left tackle, a corner edge rusher, and obviously the inside linebacker spot the last couple of years. But he added center to that list just based on what he thought Rodney Hudson did for the Cardinals a year ago. So now... For everything that Justin Pugh has been in the NFL, and that is an above-average offensive lineman, highly intelligent and capable offensive lineman, if you're telling me he's playing center for the first time and he shared with Dave Pash on the Pash podcast that, man, it is mentally challenging. I mean, if Justin Pugh was saying that with his intellect both on the field and off, then you realize, okay, there would be a learning curve for someone just sliding into the center spot.
3: We saw the drop-off last year when Rodney Hudson missed a few games due to COVID oh, and injuries. He Given five. It was Max Garcia who was mostly filling in, who's now with the New York Giants. However, we saw the difference in terms of communication and the snaps that not having Hudson at center affected Kyler Murray and the rest of the offense. So that's why, to me, if we're talking about time-time signings, I think center is now your number one priority. And I think it would probably be – interior defensive lineman would be what I would expect next. I think that corner? because I think if you bring somebody like an offer back, yeah. I don't know that you would do that and do a time time signing.
0: Oh, I agree. I think at this point. So that's why I, I would I say center. And I don't think any, to me, I don't think any position is getting more than one addition. If you sign a cornerback, you sign a defensive lineman, you sign a center, you're not, I don't. You're not flooding the. You've the time has come and gone to you for you to flood the position at
1: this point. Yeah. So any position. Look, as of right now, until we get more clarity on Rodney Hudson, I think everyone needs to be prepared going into training camp. You're starting offensive line left to right, might just be D.J. Humphries, Will Hernandez, Justin Pugh, Justin Murray at right guard, Kelvin Beachum at right tackle that's that's the way I'm operating right now because I, I didn't sense a lot of optimism in the voice of Cliff Kingsbury when he had that brief exchange with the media on the status of Rodney Hudson we'll see we'll see and, and then he's got to assess okay does that impact what we do on offense as the play caller now all of a sudden if Kyler Murray doesn't have nearly as much time in that pocket to hang and let Hollywood Brown get down the field maybe the ball is going to James Conner and Dale Williams and and Enino Benjamin even more, especially the beginning of the season. In fact, here was a question posed by our own Darren Urban, and I throw this out here. Danny, get ready. (laughs) Bigger impact on offense this season, Hollywood Brown or James Conner? It seems to speak to the style of offense that they're going to – because who's going to make a bigger impact overall, Hollywood Brown or a guy coming off a Pro Bowl running back season and James Conner?
3: I told Darren before we started this podcast, I don't like the question because...
0: <laughs> because you don't want to go on the record with
1: anything? She's protesting because the question.
3: Because it's very tough.
1: It is tough. That's why she's buying She's up. buying time is what she's saying. No, talking. no.
3: I, I've, thought no I've thought about my answer. There's a lot of nuance to this No, I've thought about my answer. And I'm going to go with Hollywood Brown. And I, of course, think that James Conner plays an incredibly important role in this offense. And because of that and how nasty he plays, that's obviously what allows those wide receivers to get, time you know, time to get open, Kyler Murray, all that good stuff. But when I was thinking of the bigger impact, not having DeAndre Hopkins for six weeks, if we don't have Hollywood Brown out there, that to me creates a bigger hole than if you don't have James Conner and you have someone like Daryl Williams you know Benjamin kind of splitting those reps. And so that's why I think that Hollywood Brown will have a bigger impact because without him on the field, especially those first 6 games, I think that creates a much bigger issue than not having James Conner.
0: See, I'm I'm also thinking the same kind of thing for me and it's 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 too too faceted here. One, with Hollywood, I agree with you cuz not only does it stick out like a sore thumb in terms of how much you need him while Hopkins is out, I also think that when Hopkins comes back, he's going to immediately get everybody's attention. And then Brown makes a big, a big impact maybe in a different way, because now everybody's going to be looking at Deandre and, and maybe Hollywood Brown gets a little bit looser. That's number one. And number two, um, as good as I think James Connor is a he's there's got, they've got some other pieces and running back tends to move around B he's dinged up. So we'll have to see. And then C Usually a player, I mean, where, where James Conner's biggest impact was scoring points last year. And let's face it, there's usually a regression a, a little bit, not because James Conner is any lesser of a player, but do I expect him to score 18 touchdowns again? I do not.
1: No, no, I, I do not either. Um, I mean, look, I just don't expect the Cardinals to get off to a 7-0 and or 10-2 and start and you know, be darn near the league leaders in scoring. That's that contributed a lot to the total touchdown count.
3: Well, and the other thing, too, is, again, I know we're talking about defense. And, you know, I was sitting here 10 minutes ago saying just because you don't have Chandler Jones doesn't mean your defense can't be great. But I just think we've talked a lot about still needing help on defense. And so I think that could affect the way this team has to play as well, right? Probably going to have to pass a little more. And, again, this is not a knock on James Conner or the running game or anything like that. I just think that with how Darren kindly proposed this question – it's Hollywood Brown.
1: And look, as much as I hate to agree with you guys, only for the sake oh, of it's, it's not good podcasting, okay? I mean, every fiber of my broadcasting being wants to disagree and stir it up right here, right now. But I'm glad you're not. But the fact I'd of the rather matter, do it, gen- genuine Paul. Right. The fact of the matter is, and I am I'm always gonna regress to the mean that is being genuine and sincere and being honest. And my honest take is that if Hollywood Brown can truly keep a defense honest. Where did the Cardinals really struggle the last couple of years offensively? To me, just from eyeballing it without studying the film, it's when teams were able to get away with a whole too high safety look and keep everything in front of them. That's when they, that's when Kyler really struggled. Whether it was them using a zone and just flooding everything across the middle and then making him and making that much more difficult to find the read and, and, and go through his progression. So now if teams aren't able to get away with that because you have a burner named Hollywood Brown on the outside that's not going to allow you to play that sort of cloud coverage, and then, boom, he's able to keep that defense honest and truly stretch the defense. Everybody now take the top off. Then guess what? He's worth his weight in gold. All 185 pounds of him or whatever he does weigh, you can that's exponentially worth his weight. If he can truly do that and open things up, and now Kyler's able to hit Zach Ertz on a drag across the middle like they did in the Houston game, and he goes up the far sideline because there's so much space to work with, and he's got a 30-plus-yard touchdown. That's a best-case scenario to me with Hollywood Brown. And I'm guessing, reading between the lines what Cliff Kingsbury's told the media, that is their vision, right, if they can get Hollywood Brown to unlock some of that potential and be that burner. So conversely, on defense, bigger impact – Darren, you posed the question, so guess what? You get to answer the question. Bigger impact on defense this year, Zaven Collins or Marco Wilson?
0: Hmm. That's a hard one, isn't it?
1: Two guys coming off two rookie years. Yeah. And totally different. Marco Wilson was pretty much a starter from day one. He was a starter from day one. And but Zavon he didn't he had his moments where he right, struggled, too. you're right, right, especially down the street. And his quarterback passer rating against, not good. Marco Wilson.
0: I'm going to say this. Um, and 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 I didn't say this to you off the air, Danny. But you would you had said a couple things to me off the air. I I was already thinking it's going to be it's going to be Zayvon Collins one way or the other. You know you're you're hoping that it's a it's a positive impact. But if he doesn't come together to me, and it doesn't necessarily have to be an inside linebacker. Okay, I mean, we've we've kind of talked about how this has gone a little bit already with. Um, what Collins and Simmons are supposed to be, and what we might actually see from them, so we'll we'll find that out. But I I, I think I think when you're talking about a first round pick, and to me that's the separation on these. Uh, you you need you need Zayvon Collins to do that, and that doesn't necessarily mean he would have a bigger impact. But when I look at these two people, I mean Marco Wilson's going to have to play, but I, I do think ultimately Zayvon Collins is the guy that's going to make the bigger impact because one everybody's going to be paying attention to the impact that he does make and you know exactly what it might be
1: yeah the question doesn't say bigger positive impact just says bigger impact it could be yeah like found to the think loophole
3: that. that's what we were talking about before yeah. before you know we started recording the podcast was like you said either way I think Zayvon Collins will have an impact and you hope that it's positive you hope that by the time we get to the regular season the hopes that they have for him of being able to call the defense he's ready to do that he's ready to step up um, all the reasons that he didn't get a ton of playing time last year, you hope that this offseason has helped him enough to get to that point to make an impact. Um, I, I, I guess I'll go with Collins on this one. This one's, this one's hard to me. It's a harder to- one.
0: Well, because the other thing, too, is like I could put Marco Wilson up against a lot of other guys on defense, and you would probably go with Marco Wilson because of the same kind of feel. It's like that's, I mean, Marco Wilson's going to have to play a lot. Just like Byron Murphy. I mean, who else are you going to have a cornerback? Exactly. So you better hope, even though he's a fourth-round pick, you you have to hope that he really stands out.
1: What was the Batman villain with the uh, question marks all over his outfit? Was that the Riddler? That was the, the Riddler. The Riddler, okay. See, if I was Ron Wolfley right now and I was looking for a nickname, maybe I'd go with the Riddler for Zayvon Collins because instead Ooh, of the I number like 25 on his jersey, there'd be just be a massive question mark well, or Well, And
0: question marks, the way – jersey numbers are you could kind of see a question mark coming out of a five or a two so (laughs) that's right
1: right. just work with us it's like an inkblot test do you see the question mark in there within the two and the five do you see it in there it's a Rorschach test of sorts on that one because he is he's a massive question mark and I'm with Darren and we hashed this out last week did we not I don't really care if he's calling the defense or not as long as it gets called as long as they're making the checks and 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 they're buttoned up I, I don't really care but I think everybody cares if he's out on the field and making plays. Is he a playmaker? Is he a difference maker this year? Your first-round pick, Zayvon Collins, number 16 overall, a year ago. That is the question. Eventually, hopefully, he morphs into a guy who can call the defense great. But at the very least, he's got to be out there, 6'4", 260 pounds, sideline to sideline, making an impact.
3: Fair or not, those are the expectations of a first-round draft pick. And again, fair or not to Zayvon Collins, the fact that the Cardinals let Jordan Hicks walk and he signed with the Vikings in free agency, a player who was proven on this defense at that position, a player who was playing over Zayvon Collins. Fair or not, the expectations for Collins are very high. And that's, that's just the reality of him having to step up in year two.
1: And you're compensated accordingly. Uh, You know what? You, You are paid like a first round pick and you're expected to produce, obviously, especially in year number two, when you come in. So look, uh, Once again, it's yet another reason why I said, only half-jokingly, that Hard Knocks picked the wrong half of the season to document. It's yet another storyline just dripping with drama. Is he ready? Is he not ready? I'll tell you this much. The first moment of Cardinals camp where it's open to the media and they're going team and you get a look at the defense and who runs out there first team, your first thing you're looking at is 25 up there with the first team or not.
0: You're right. You're absolutely right. And there and that will be under the microscope when we finally get out there.
1: So, I mean, uh, look, it's, you know, and, and then you just have the team. By the way, I have a new theory as to what exactly happened at the end of last year and the end of the year before in 2020 or my latest. It's not necessarily a hot take. I don't know if you need the lukewarm the, take. I don't know if you need the oven mitts right now, you know, maybe just, uh, you know, but just, just stand back maybe a little bit. Don't, don't touch the hot burner. You ever hear the um, the saying that, you know, people are going to play to the expectations? And when you think of last year, what was the expectation? The expectation was to get into the playoffs. The year before, you had won eight games. The year before that, you won five, coming off the historically bad 3-13 and campaign. It's almost like now that I think about last year, the Cardinals got to the point where they played to the expectation of the season and then let their foot off the gas. And because so many games in the NFL come down to a touchdown or even less. It's the little things that get you beat and maybe one or two or three plays in every game. Most games come down to guess what? That's enough to end a season losing five of your last six. It's enough for the season to get sideways. After you do let your foot off the gas, a Buda Baker says, you know what it's it's guys getting potentially, maybe he qualified it a couple of times comfortable with when the Cardinals got to 10 wins. And so With that in mind, Calvisi Consulting, in conjunction with Paulie Pickskin, has come up with a following marketing mantra for 2022. You guys ready for this? Manning about this yet? Raising Arizona should be the marketing mantra for this year because you need to raise the expectations, and then the team will follow suit. The expectation, I mean, honestly, is the ultimate expectation. You do exactly what the Rams did last year, exactly what the Buccaneers did the year before, and that is you play in this Super Bowl that is being hosted in your own building. So what do you do coming into this year? You raise the expectations and hope that the team will meet the expectations because, honestly, that's what they've done each of the last two years. They've sort of met the expectations and then kind of at that point said, all right, we checked that box. Hence, raising Arizona.
3: So then if they met the expectations for half the season and fell off, how would just raising the expectations extend their good play
1: well you're extending the expectation now. Is the super bowl is the last game of the year so that's 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 the carrot the february carrot that's out there if you will right
3: i gotta say paul i'm usually a fan of your hot takes i don't i don't <laughs> love this one i don't love this well one. he said it wasn't oven mitt yeah. hot, i'm no. sorry yeah. oven mitt yeah. hot take
1: i mean Danny, are you even familiar with, it was a 1987 film. I just yes. Googled it up, Raising Arizona. Nicholas Cage. Yes, yes. And John Goodman no, was in only, that one. No,
3: the only Nicholas Cage movies I've seen are National Treasure. I think we've talked about this. When I did my April Fool's joke.
0: The Rock was fantastic. You know, you, you I only know you,
3: The Rock from like kid movies. I mean, Danny, you can't pro- What? Yeah, like Tooth Fairy and things like that when I was a kid. Oh, no,
0: I mean The Rock, the movie The Rock has nothing oh, to do with Oh, I you were talking the, about the actor. No, i not talking about The Rock. The movie The Rock with Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery. See, this is what happens when you you're in a different
3: demographic.
1: Oh, <laughs> that was the <laughs> nicest way you could say that, wasn't it? Different demographic. A different yeah, demographic. Okay, all right. So uh, so anyway, that's, that, that, that's, that's my offering here as, uh, as everyone goes into vacation mode. Some of us are earlier than others. Uh, what, what exactly uh, would Cliff Kingsbury say? Three weeks and don't even think about getting a hold of me. Yeah, he, he, I'm pretty sure. See, he, he set the expectations of the media. You're never going to find me. Don't even try. Uh, I'm going to be off the grid, off the map, uh, ostensibly overseas. And uh, you know what? You're on a need-to-know basis. You won't know where I'm at. And I'll see you come training camp. Darren, can you ever do that? No. I, I, I Go I on
3: vacation say, don't reach out to me. I'm not working.
0: No. I, will, I guarantee you I will do some work on my vacations coming up.
1: Ideal there vacation? won't be any
0: podcasting for another couple, three weeks, but I will not, not be doing any work.
1: Considering the travel challenges still out there in 2022, is either one of you taking an ideal vacation? Because there's a vacation and then there's an ideal vacation. No. Danny, no. how would you define your ideal vacation?
3: Ideal, two weeks abroad somewhere, good combination of exhilarating adventure while also some relaxation on a beach somewhere.
0: Mm. I mean, because that's the yeah. thing right now is when you talk about travel, you're not just talking about pandemic or flights. You're, you've are you got to be talking about economics right now, too. Yes,
1: the economics, um, potential to sit in an airport for like 36 hours because they don't have enough pilots, stuff like that, all the challenges the airlines are facing. But, yeah, the the challenge is real if you're trying to book something that ideal vacation. So that's why, once again, you got to manage the expectations. I'm just going back. To the default setting, yours truly. What I've said for ten years, it's the six S's. It's sun, sand, surf, sourdough, seafood, suds. That's what it is. Those are the six S's. That's 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 an ideal. What does that mean? You're
3: taking bubble baths on your vacation.
0: (laughs) You're gonna go to like. The, the,
1: Suds meaning beer. I was trying to look beach. for an S for beer.
0: You're, you're looking for the beach by yeah. the Golden Gate Bridge?
1: Just, you know, just- yeah, Sourdough just, just only? The- Which,
0: by the way, I love- San- If uh, One of my ideal places to go is San Francisco. Okay. And I love going there. Sure. But- but here uh, we go. I don't know if I necessarily want to spend a lot of time on the beach down over there. It's well, chilly. No,
1: you're not going to Ocean Beach necessarily to hang out. Now you're going to have to surf and battle the undertoes. But uh, no. Are you a not, surfer? It's, it's not a tropical. Very poor surfer. Very Whoa, poor. I I know saw that. A guy I saw a guy just driving to work today. No joke. Driving on the 101. And he had a surfboard on a roof rack. <laughs> Like okay, next stop San Diego, dude. Where are you going? I mean, what, what are you doing in Arizona with a Might surfboard be. on a ru- roof rack? I mean, Running out to Big Surf. Maybe it was Cameron. Have you been to Big Surf yet? Could have I been Cameron know. Thomas. Big we, Surf. You're right. He could have been going to the man-made. Are you down, are you yeah. going to Big Surf anytime soon?
3: Should I? I don't know. You could. I've never surfed before.
2: They're tearing that down. They already what? took the yeah. They, Shoot, I they have to go. They took the heavy equipment to it. It's uh,
3: over. It's closed. Yeah. Oh, it's Why done. Why didn't you
2: guys tell me big about surf. this before? Did you know? Here's a little trivia for you. Did you know that Pink Floyd played a show there in 1972, <laughs> and they tested the Dark Side of the Moon on that tour? What? Is before it came out. One of the greatest I albums of that. all time. Pink Floyd. Yeah, they used to have a ton of big concert series there, but especially back in the 70s,
1: Pink Floyd played there. Well, Holmes, are you sure? Or is this the Scorpion Bite talking? Are, are you sure, or are you, you full of venom it's a, it's sting, My face, no, no, my no, 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 lips, bite.
2: My lips were numb earlier, and now my face is starting to get numb, so I might be uh, heading to urgent care after
1: this <laughs> Oh, jeez. There's a real-time update. It's good to hear from you, though. We weren't sure how, how you were. It's a, at least we got a good status update. <laughs> Again, You're still good coherent. good thing we're going on a hiatus, <laughs> so he has right. some time to recover. That's right. So, uh, okay. See, yet another storyline, if HBO's Hard Knocks was uh, around right now. They could be all over the Rattlesnake with Hollywood Brown and uh, – the Scorpion sting from our so it's a it's a sting and not a bite. I've been corrected here, yeah. Okay, all right, Didn't it's a sting, know. it's the
0: tail, right? I, I see, mean, yeah, I guess come on, so. Paul, you yeah, should know yeah, that. I,
1: I guess so. It's uh, you know, all right, any other uh, issues, items, uh, you know, airing of grievances, anything, Danny, anything that uh, that I missed over here that uh, needs to it's sort of like almost going to urgent care, any other urgent matters we need to address here.
3: Unfortunately, I don't think I have any grievances to air out with the two of you. I wish I did. It's our last podcast for a few weeks. But don't worry. I'm sure when we come back together, I will have plenty of i have things. a full list. Yes.
1: By the way, if you get a chance, the Justin Pugh podcast on the Pash podcast is a must listen. It's good stuff. And, and there was one moment I learned something. I did not realize this. I'm going to throw this at you guys. I've learned a lot of things here, including the Pink Floyd 1972, a Big Surf uh, factoid, that he was talking about, okay, if you put a camera on everybody on the sideline. It's amazing how many players would have sort of a Kyler Murray expression, mm. and then he used the term "Eli Manning face," the former Giant. Oh yeah, I was not familiar with that. That is a thing. You don't know the meme? I did not know oh, the meme, the Eli Manning gosh. face, which is a hashtag as well, yes. Manning face. Yes. And then if you Google up Eli Manning yes. face, there good. is a collection of, yes. of just stellar pictures. Yes. How do you not know screen the screen man-
2: grabs? The Manning face. I did not, not like, know that. Talk about tunnel vision.
1: I Holy did not crumb. know that. I mean, even though we've played the Giants over the years, I was not aware of the uh, the Manning face. Yeah, that wow, is It even has its own uh, its own Google uh, definition: a phenomenon in which New York Giants quarterback Eli Manning has a bizarre or hilarious expression on his face, captured by cameras during games, and turned into a meme by the internet. Yes,
3: I do want to point out too. Unlike if you listened last week. We don't know how long BTS's hiatus is going to be. We will be coming back together, <laughs> right, That's Paul? True. That's true. Right.
0: I, maybe, I don't know what life would be life without the two of
3: you.
1: <laughs> I mean, I had a dull. Ne- I guess I had an Eli Manning face when I got the news about BTS. <laughs> you know, the New York Post explains it as a pained, perplexed facial expression. Yeah. And and they say it's given fans content for countless Sundays. A seemingly endless array of empty stares and confused expressions, <laughs> that have generated scores of hashtags. The Eli Manning yes, face.
0: Google that okay. if you don't know about it, people, because it's really quite enjoyable.
1: They they really should have a section of the Manning podcast or the Manning cast, the Manning cast, right? They should have like they should throw up some of the stills over the years, and they they he should he should feed that still. He should like give Peyton Eli- some Eli Manning faces during the Manning cast.
0: First of all, he dropped an F bomb this year, so he, oh, he did.
1: Oh yeah, Eli did or. Yeah, Eli no, did? Eli oh did. boy, I didn't know that. Well, no, he didn't drop I don't think
0: he dropped the F bond He he put up middle fingers, that's what it was.
1: <laughs> I see.
3: Paul, if, if the cameras were to turn to you when you're on the sideline, what would your face look like?
1: Well, somebody tweeted out one the focus. other day. I was Total cold. Total focus. It was I was cold. I was freezing cold and uh they then I had the hood on. It must have been Seattle because I had a hood on. It was raining, it was cold and there was sleet coming down sideways. So, yeah, there, there you know, the words endless array of facial expressions, that would sum up, yeah, basically a game in the life of of, of a sideline reporter. Because there's a whole bunch of things that you encounter during the course of it, he, no doubt.
2: Eli has leaned into that Manning face before, you know, made made fun of it. But Taron might get this reference. But when it, there was one Eli, or there was one Manning face that was just, he just looked like he was dazed yes. and confused. I know and the he, one you're talking about. And it reminded me of, uh, do you remember on Nintendo, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? Where there was a character, I think his yeah. name was Glass Joe. Yeah. It looked like you know how after he hit him a few times, like his face started to get beat up. That's what he, I was like. Oh my gosh, it's Glass Joe in the flesh. Speaking
0: of speaking of Eli facial expressions, if if you've never seen the Saturday Night Live courtroom Eli Manning one where he does the emojis, you got you got to check that out on YouTube. All right,
1: next stop. I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. That's good. Okay. All right. That's uh, uh I guess our work here is done. Um. I did see this Wall Street Journal story uh, earlier that shorts may represent one way to lure staff back into the office this summer. <laughs> I immediately thought of Craig Grielou. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, I, I just, I, I, that's not a good trend. I am mean, not like you, the shorts in the office. Darren, as a director level around here, if there's anything you could do to curtail the whole trend of shorts, especially when it comes to Craig Grilleau, uh, who's still listening at this point, I thought that would be a benefit. I've Paul, seen Well, we
3: live in the desert. What? People aren't allowed to wear shorts?
1: Is there something about the word office place that you don't understand? <laughs> okay, there should be a certain level of expectation. Once again, comfort. it gets back to expectations around here. I'm setting comfort. the expectation high this year. Hence, no shorts from Craig Grealoux and no second half fade for the cameras from HBO and Hard Knocks. I've okay?
2: seen better legs on a table.
1: Okay, there. We speaking of legs, almost got to get to urgent care with a scorpion sting on his right leg. So uh, we'll, let, we'll let him commence with that here on Cardinals Underground, brought to you by Pacific Office Automation.
0: See you in July.
2: I love you all.